We're in the middle of talking about the seven points of cause and effect, that technique to generate the altruistic intention to become a Buddha. So on the basis of equanimity, that has an equal openness towards everybody that isn't a biased or prejudiced or partial mind, then we start meditating first that all other beings have been our mother. And so with this one, we talked last time about having um, the view of rebirth or just provisionally accepting it perhaps so we can get more of a feeling uh, that others have been our mother in the, all those previous lives when we've been born in all those incredible number of different realms and doing different things. And so here, it's very helpful to start with your present life's mother and, um, you know, and remember that she was your mother also in previous lives. Okay. And then move on to your father and things that your father also, you know, your father or your mother in previous lives. And then take a friend or a relative and think that they were also this caregiver for you in your previous lives many, many times. And then after you do it with a friend, then do it with a stranger. I think that person had been related to in this very close relationship with parent and child in previous times. And then move on to somebody you don't get along with very well. And think that person's been my kind parent in previous times. Then watch your mind start to fight. <laughs> it hasn't started before it will be. Um, yeah. And but it's interesting. Give your your mind that space to play with it. You know, instead of seeing people as solid, fixed entities, always with a certain kind of body and a certain kind of relationship with you, experiment around and imagine. Okay, this person hasn't always been who they are. They were once, you know, my mother and my father were a very kind person to me. And then from there, think about all the other sentient beings. So you see, it's, it's a very progressive way, the way it kind of loosens your mind up. You start with your present life mother and think she's been the mother in the past. Then go to the friends and relatives. Then go to the strangers, the people you don't go along with, and then to all sentient beings. Okay, so it's important in all these meditations to think about specific people during all of these things, instead of just like a very glib, oh yeah, everybody's been my mother before, all sentient beings have been my mother, you know, that that's, you know, oh yeah, all sentient beings, you know, that one way out in the corner, 15 universes away, yeah, I don't care what he does much. But when you start really, you know, taking the people you know and imagine them as different bodies and different relationships to you, then you can really begin to see how your hard concept of reality has to budge a little bit. It's quite quite good that that when that happens, you know, shake up that concept of reality a bit, rattle it around, and uh, and so you know when we we think about the kindness um, of of the mother, you know, we take or the caregiver, whoever was kind to us, you know, when we were little, we use that as an example, and we think of all of the different ways. You know, that we were cared for by that person when we were young, you know, just physically and emotionally and mentally and our education and, you know, protection and so many different ways. And then, again, take that feeling of fondness and care when we remember how well we were cared for as a child and generalize it to, you know, 
the the friend and relative who was my stranger, who was my mother before in a past life, and then the stranger who was my mother before in a past life, and then the person I don't get along with, then all sentient beings. So you do that same process there, remembering all of these different groups of people is very, very kind. And the, the thing is that, um, you know, if, if somebody were very, very kind to us before, we remember it now. I mean, if, if you were in some kind, if your life was endangered and somebody came and saved your life, you would remember it very much. Even though that incident happened many, many years ago, that, you know, the, that kindness or, or that feeling of gratitude would come very strong to your life, to your mind right now. So in the same way, if we get this feeling of all beings having been our, our parents in the past and all that kindness that they showed us in the past, then the fact that that was in the past doesn't really matter very much because it still comes very vividly to the mind. In the same way that if somebody saved your life ten years ago, it would still come vividly to your mind. Okay? And in the same way, um, you know, we wouldn't... Um, You know, it, it wouldn't matter so much that maybe we didn't recognize them. That you know, you, I mean, we, we meet people and it seems like, oh, I met this person. I've never met them before. You know, that's because we're just looking at at them as their present life body. But this meditation would really begin to to cut through that, so that there was some feeling of connection with all the different beings before, and some feeling of reciprocal kindness to them. So I think that probably the talk um, last time probably pushed a lot of buttons, um, you know, talking about the kindness of the parents and then having to really go back and, and look in, a, in our own particular instance about um, not just the things we didn't like that happened when we were kids, but all of the kindness that in so many ways has gone unnoticed. It was quite interesting, I feel, Last time, you know, that the discussion, you know, I talked all about kindness and then all the questions centered around, but they did this and this and this and this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was thinking about it afterwards that somehow, you, you know, it's like so easily we slip back into our old pattern of, you know, but, 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 these are all the other, these are all the reasons why I can't accept that somebody else has been kind to me. And so, like I said, we don't want to whitewash any kind of harmful situations that happened in the past. But what we're trying to do is open our heart to let ourselves realize that we have been cared for. And that, you know, in our society, it doesn't teach us very much to, to open our hearts and let ourselves feel cared for. And it's quite interesting because many people have great difficulty receiving love. I mean, even giving love is a problem, but receiving love for some people is, is even more of a problem. Yeah. Sometimes even receiving gifts is a problem for us. Yeah. We've had discussions about this at Cloud Mountain, how somebody gives you a gift and you feel like... <laughs> it's like, I don't know, kind of something. We feel embarrassed or we feel obliged or we feel uncomfortable or we feel manipulated, but... We never let ourselves feel loved. Yeah. And I think it's really important that somehow we open the mind a little bit to, to let the love and care and affection that others have given us seep in. 
because when we instantly go into the defensive of, well, they abused me this way and they didn't do that and they hurt me this way and this and that, then, you see, we're putting up all the walls on, on how to prove that nobody else has ever loved me. And maybe a lot of people have loved us, but we can't let ourselves see it. And when we can't let ourselves feel that we're good enough to receive other people's love or that other people have loved us, then if we can't feel that, then it becomes quite difficult to see others as lovable and and to love them in return. So we have to somehow, you know, give ourselves some credit as being somewhat lovable and, and recognize that other people have loved us. It's interesting, I think somehow this relates to this whole thing we've talked about in the West a lot, about, you know, kind of low self-esteem and self-hatred and, you know, and not feeling love, not feeling worthy of other people's love. And so going through the whole life, you know, this person didn't love me and that person didn't love me. And maybe a lot of people actually did care. So I think it's important to... um, to let that to let that in, because some of you might even notice just in your personal relationships how that feeling of not being lovable comes in and, and creates difficulty, even in terms of of just having a friendship or any kind of intimate relationship. You know, well, oh, how could this person love me? You know, nobody's loved me. They don't love me because X, Y, and Z. And you know, I mean, here we go back on the defensive again. And so somehow, you know, giving that space to, to let in other people's affection, but without expecting them to be a number one perfect and always be there every single moment that we need them. Okay, so some, somehow something realistic, you know, because we accept that somebody has cared for us, let's not then expect them to be God. <laughs> let's realize that they're, that they're human beings. Also, when we're thinking about the kindness um, of the, the caregiver when we were little, kindness of the mother, it's helpful here, too, to think about the kindness that animals, animal mothers, show for their young and just how instinctive that, that thing of affection is. And I remember when I first heard this teaching, I was at Ekapan, and there was one dog there, her name was Sasha. I'll never forget Sasha. I think she's long gone since you were there. She was an all-white mangy dog whose hind legs were, were I don't know what happened. She may have gotten in a fight or something, but her hind legs were totally crippled. And so she just dragged herself around by her front paws. And she dragged herself all over Copan like that. Uh, and Sasha had some puppies. And I was thinking, I mean, like, how difficult it must have been for her to be pregnant and to give birth, you know, with her hind legs completely deformed. And yet when those puppies came out, she just loved them to bits. You know, she took such good care of them. And all the discomfort completely gone from her mind, you know, she just loved her pups. And so everywhere you look in the animal world, you know, you look with cat mothers or dolphin mothers or elephant mothers or whatever you look at, you know, there's all this kindness going from the parents to the young ones. And to remember, you know, I mean, just to, to see that kind of kindness and to remember also in our previous lives when those beings have been our mothers, they've been that kind to us. And when we've been born as animals in previous lives, whoever was our mother, was that kind 
And so really letting ourselves feel the universe as a, as a kind place. Because there is a lot of kindness in it, if we let ourselves see it. Okay. Oh, um, another thing that, that you can use in terms of helping to recognize other people as your mother, if you start um, feeling like, oh, how can these people be my mother? You know, then, <laughs> then, um, just think of, you know, whoever, again, take the example of your mother, whoever it was who was real kind to you when you were little, whether it was a teacher, whoever it was. And imagine that somehow when you were very little, you were separated from that person, and then you didn't see them for another 25, 35 years. And then here you were, and maybe you were walking down the street someday, and you saw a couple of beggars on the street, or homeless on the street, or junkies, or whoever it was. And you know how our usual attitude is, you know, let's look the other way and pretend I didn't see that. I don't have anything to do with that kind of person. But let's say you initially had that kind of reaction, and then you look back again, and you recognize that that was your mother, that you hadn't seen in all these years. Then, all of a sudden, wouldn't you have a totally different way of relating to that to that street person or that junkie? Or you'd have a totally different feeling of, wow, you know, I, I have some relationship with this person. There's some connection here. I, I don't want to just turn and, and walk the other way. Okay? And so it's the same thing. I mean, in that kind of situation, at first when we didn't recognize them, we felt like, ugh, I had nothing to do with them. Then when we recognized them, we felt the closeness. In this situation, too, when we don't recognize others as our mother, then we kind of tend to tune them out. But when we can call, you know, have that kind of recall of, this person has been my mother in the past life, then there's that feeling of knowing that person. There's some kind of feeling of closeness and involvement. So it changes the attitude a little bit. I just talked to, to uh, one person in another city. She's been to some of the Cloud Mountain retreats. And when she was, I don't know, 10 or 11, her mother just kind of vanished. And she didn't know what happened to her mother. She just vanished. And the family didn't talk about it. family didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And she said she went through years and years and years feeling kind of like a waif and very motherless. And then just recently, she's got to be, I'd say she's around 50, she just recently found her mother back in New York. And she's leaving tomorrow to go meet her mother after 25 or 30 years. You know? So... <laughs> If you can imagine that feeling, I mean, at, at first she might not even recognize her, but then, you know, when there's the recognition that this person has been my mother, then even, you know, you may not recognize what they look like because the body's so different, the, the feeling of closeness is there. So if we can do that, not just, you know, in 25 years in this lifetime, but bridge it from one life to the next, you know, simply because the body has changed a lot, so we may not initially recognize that person. But when we do, it's like we found our mother, that 
that we haven't seen in a long time. We can all make, <laughs> we can all make prayers that they have a good reunion tomorrow. <laughs> I think that must be quite something, huh? <laughs>